0: Good morning, everybody. Good morning and welcome to Kensington Unitarian Sunday gathering. Today, we're marking Remembrance Sunday. And here in our virtual service on Zoom, uh, we've just heard a traditional African-American song that starts with the words, I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. The idea that we're exploring in today's service is that that we humans, we contain both peaceful and warlike impulses, potential within us. How then shall we best move towards peace and away from war? As Unitarians, we do not have one message to proclaim on a day such as Remembrance Sunday. Some of us here are pacifists And we view war as a crime against our very humanity. Some of us may consider war a sometimes terrible necessity. And your lives, just like the lives of all human beings, have been touched by war in different ways because war, well, war is an uncomfortable reality for us all. So let's start by finding some peaceful place within our very being, here in the present moment. I invite you to take a conscious breath and use this breathing gently in and out to center and steady yourself. For we're living in turbulent times. All the more reason then for us to stay connected with that part of us that is is not swayed by the news or troubled by the weather, be that real weather or metaphorical weather. Now let's keep connected with that sense, that essence of us that takes the longer view, that accepts the great mystery that is life, and seeks an inner calm that can hold us steadily through all the storms good for us to be together on this day. And please all of you make yourselves comfortable. If you'd rather switch your camera off, that's absolutely fine. And our chalice flame is lit. May this living flame, this symbol of our worldwide progressive religious faith, may it burn brightly today to commemorate all those people whose lives have been taken or blighted by warfare the world over, not least of whom are the civilians. As well as those who fight and are wounded or killed in wars, let us remember the old, the young the animals and all those who are caught up in warfare, not as participants, but as shocked and frightened bystanders. May this, our sacred flame, burn brightly today as we remember and reflect. I call on the spirit of life and love to be with us now and to bless all that we say and do together this day. As we here in Britain mark the start of Interfaith Week, I would ask you to give thanks for the life and the work of the previous Chief Rabbi, Lord Jonathan Sachs, who who died and who has done so much in his life to further interfaith communication and cooperation. Let us then dedicate ourselves this day to the shared tasks of living in society, the making connections between different groups, healing divisions, working harmoniously to resolve social issues, especially those born of poverty, ignorance, injustice. As Unitarians, we can celebrate all that connects our world faiths, the fundamental shared values that unite all people of goodwill. And we can celebrate the distinctive features of each faith and and be enriched by their unique qualities. And we can work tirelessly and with respectful curiosity to increase opportunities for dialogue and to deepen understanding. So I invite us all to take a moment now if we wish to think of groups or individuals who we find difficult to accept. Can we do more to remain open-hearted to those who are different from us? And I invite you to take a moment now, if you so wish, to, to think of individuals or groups for whom we are concerned. Be they people close to us or, or people whose lives we hear of through the news. Is there some action, however small, that we could take this day to ease suffering? And if not, can we remain an open-hearted and loving witness to the struggles of others. And on this Remembrance Sunday, as we remember all those affected by warfare, may we both as individuals and as a community Commit ourselves to the task of living our lives for the peace and well-being of society, for our wider global community and this beautiful planet that is our home. May our lives express our faith and our values this day and all days and to that Aspiration, I invite you to say, Amen. So may it
1: be. The American poet Archibald MacLeish, who wrote uh, this poem called The Young Dead Soldiers Do Not Speak, was well aware of the terrible sacrifices made by young shot soldiers in in warfare. As a young man, he'd served as an artillery officer in World War I and had witnessed suffering and death on the battlefields of Europe. During the Second World War, he wrote this powerful poem that not only commemorated the dead, but also made it clear that those of us who survive bear a special responsibility to make the deaths of these soldiers meaningful. The young dead soldiers do not speak. Nevertheless, they are heard in the still houses. Who has not heard them? They have a silence that speaks for them at night. And when the clock counts, they say, we were young, we have died remember us. They say, we have done what we could, but until it is finished, it is not done. They say, we have given our lives, but until it is finished, no one can know what our lives gave. They say, our deaths are not ours, they are yours. They will mean what you make them. They say, whether our lives and our deaths were for peace and a new hope, or for nothing, we cannot say. It is you who must say this. We leave you our deaths Give them meaning. We were young, they say. We have died. Remember us.
0: Thank you, Roy. We're going to uh, look at her photograph now. This photograph was was taken in the Netherlands in August 1937 at an international scout jamboree as they are called. It was a camp bringing boys from all over Europe together for a week. Sitting at the front of the photo bottom right is my uncle Donald, my mother's only sibling, her older brother. I remember my mum telling me what fun Donald was and how much he loved scouting and how he especially enjoyed these international camps, meeting young people his own age, learning other languages, having fun together. He was pen pals with with boys in several countries after that particular camp in August, 1937. Uh, by, By 1941, Donald had joined the RAF and was dead. He was killed in a plane crash in northern Africa, caused not by the so-called enemy, but by a faulty plane. Donald was a real young dead soldier, and I really mourn still the cutting short of his life. I would have loved to have known him. So on Remembrance Sunday, I remember not only Donald, but my mum and their parents, my grandparents, because, of course, all of their lives were changed forever by his death. And I also remember my mum telling me how excited Donald was to join the RAF and to wear his uniform and how proud his mother was of him. Warfare is complex, isn't it? And so let me now pass over to Michaela who tells a story of her own.
2: Right, no technical
3: expertise, just the picture of my father who died at the age of 24 before I was born. And, in some ways, that poem, we heard, every single word of it feels absolutely true, which is that absent fathers, my own absent father, was very, very powerful in my life. I could not not Think with my later peer group as a student in Berlin about what happened in Germany, what happened, what was allowed to happen under Hitler. And our parents and grandparents were too traumatized to talk about it much. We knew very little. So I know practically nothing about my father, except that. I share a peculiarity with him, which makes me very touches me deeply, which is that I sometimes sing the news to a friend rather than speaking it. That's what he did to my mother when they were young lovers. The main message is that he and everybody else. And in some ways, it seems suddenly completely crazy to think them and us, you English, and doing the right thing, and we Germans doing the wrong thing. It's We are all connected. We, we have, if you like, this war and all the pain. We have it like a heap of raw material from which to make a new life, new history, as good as best we can. Mostly, not wonderfully well, but we try. And that's all they did. That is our historical task. That's what they hand over. That's what I feel I've been handed over. I do what I can, faultily, But that's, that's Thank you for letting me talk about my dad, my invisible dad. There's a photograph and he looks so kind. I needed to be told by my therapist that he looks kind. I couldn't see it. It took a long time to understand about complicity and cultural bondage, as it were, so I've become very, very modest. Thank
0: you. Oh, Michaela, thank you very much for telling us about your dad. And I find it so moving this morning, the thought that your dad and my uncle might have met on one of those scout camps. They could easily have been friends. Thank you. So I invite us all to settle ourselves now as best we can for a time of meditation. And these words are going to lead into a traditional two minutes of silence that this year we can't hold at 11 o'clock. So let's hold it in a few minutes now. We'll hold two minutes of silence for all those whose lives have been blighted by war. And then our silence will come to an end with a beautiful arrangement of Sibelius's music, Finlandia. It's part of his Karelia suite, a piece of music which helped to bring about Finnish independence. Another story. So I invite you to get as comfy as you can now, um, wherever we're sitting, standing, lying. Perhaps straighten our backs a little bit. and Let our shoulders fall back and down, downwards towards the earth. And let's enjoy that sense of rootedness, our weight, resting down, connecting us with the earth on which we spend all our days. And you might want to soften your gaze or close your eyes and and allow some ancient words from Lao Tzu, author of the Tao Te Ching, to speak to you. And to help each of us understand ourselves a little better this day. If there is to be peace in the world, there must be peace in the nations. If there is to be peace in the nations, there must be peace in the cities. If there is to be peace in the cities, there must be peace between neighbours. If there is to be peace between neighbors, there must be peace in the home. If there is to be peace in the home, there must be peace in the heart. So allowing our breath's gentle rhythm to help us turn inwards now, I invite you, if you wish, to consider Lao Tzu's words. If there is to be peace in the world, must be peace in the heart. Can we find ourselves a position of peace, even in relation to that which we find difficult or disturbing? Let's focus upon an inner peace with the strength to remain peaceful whatever occurs. If there is to be peace in the world, there must be peace in the heart. Let's enter the silence together. Thank you, Sandra, for that beautiful music. Well, Unitarians, Unitarians regularly surprise me. Uh, but I do imagine that most of us today are feeling a sense of relief that Joe Biden seems to have won the election for the American presidency. For one of the most uh, powerful countries in the world to be governed in a calmer manner, It'll affect us all, won't it? Beneficially, I hope. But amidst the celebrations and the sense of relief, there is still a learning, a spiritual learning opportunity here, I think, for us all. A few years back, on several occasions, we had candles of joy and concern lit in our services here at Essex Church for what we called our inner Donald Trump. We were jokingly reminding ourselves that when we demonize any particular individual, we're probably projecting aspects of ourselves that we find hard to own onto another person. 20th century psychology, particularly the work of Carl Jung, introduced the concept of the shadow into everyday understanding. That idea that we repress elements of ourselves that are considered unacceptable And we possibly then project such attributes onto others. Jung suggests that we carefully examine any strong negative reactions we have to other people, individuals and groups. What characteristics do they share? How might we be denying such elements in ourselves? So today, well today I'm inviting you to explore your own inner Trump supporter. It would be easy enough, wouldn't it, to dismiss them as foolish and misguided. And we'd probably be too polite to openly admit any stronger judgments about, I don't know, education maybe, lifestyle perhaps. We'd perhaps be too polite to admit openly any feelings of superiority. But if we dig a little bit, we might own our fear, our hatred even, our denial of their points of view and attitudes. 71 million or so people voted for Donald Trump. And we have to face the realities of living in a world where people hold so many varied and oftentimes opposed worldviews. When I think that thought, when I really think that thought, I find it remarkable that we manage to live as peaceably as we do. But isn't that often achieved by ignoring, by not engaging, by keeping to our own little groups who think like us? We keep those blinkers on, don't we? They're called blinders in uh, the United States part of a horse's harness that stopped them from being spooked by anything scary happening around them. Yeah, we keep those blinkers on and we avoid all who might threaten our view of the world and of humanity. But another way to live is to take off the blinkers and to look around. Breathe in all those varied worldviews Breathe out our own inner contradictions, our own fascist, bullying, warlike natures. Admit our own violent thoughts, our belief that the world would be a better place if everyone just thought the same as us. Can we learn to accept and even love our world society just as it is? So very flawed, so disappointing, and confusing. And frightening, can we hold all that is in love and in compassion? I think Remembrance Sunday provides us yet another opportunity to face the reality of humanity's warlike nature. And it asks us the question can we own the battles that we fight within ourselves? War goes on and it takes many forms. So yes, let's remember, let's remember and honor those who have died in warfare in times past and in times present. Let's do all that we can to avoid such wars in the future and to find more humane ways to deal with world conflicts. And when we hear politicians speaking of nationalism, of glory or demonizing some perceived enemy near or far, let us not be caught up in such patriotic fervour. Now, let's instead remember the common humanity we share with all people and with the common life force that runs through all living beings who share our planet Earth home. And when we find ourselves despairing about the state of our wider world and about conflicts in distant lands, let's focus our attention back to our own country and work to heal the divisions that exist here. And periodically, well, let's remember to examine the state of our own thinking, our own feelings. It may be that there is some discord within our own lives that's waiting to be healed. There may be a new thought to have. There may be a brave conversation for us to start. There may be an act of reconciliation that requires us to set it in motion. Then, well then, the loss of so many lives through warfare may not have been quite so in vain. Then the remembering we engage on in this day, that remembering may bear fruits of peace and love and justice. May this be so for the greater good of us all. Amen. And so there's an opportunity for us to sing together now. Um, It's absolutely fine not to join in. You can sit back and smile as the rest of us open and close our mouths. Um, We're all going to be muted. The words will appear on the screen soon. And um, my thanks go to the Unitarian Music Society who sang this song for us, for the healing of the nations. I think it speaks to us all. Thank you. him. Thank you. Thank you to uh, Jane and Jenny for the crucial work of hosting today. And thank you, Sandra, for lovely music. I've really appreciated today's music. Um, It's good to spend time with you all here today. We'll be back again next week at 10am here on Zoom for our service, which will be a celebration of life here on Earth. And you're also welcome to join us on Tuesday at 10.30 for our coffee morning. And thanks go out to all of you who've made a contribution to help our church finances. And thanks to all of you who are now donating by standing order. It's a real help. Uh, As always, we'll have a virtual coffee time to chat after the service in small groups if you'd like to join in. And as always, we'd like to take a a photo after the service. So if you can bear to switch on your camera and let us take a photo, Um, we'd appreciate that. We're going to have some closing words in a moment, followed by Sandra playing Elgar's piece called Nimrod from the Enigma Variations. So I invite you to select gallery view now. Let's just take a moment to enjoy looking at one another. Let's feel that sense of connection in community. So I extinguish our chalice flame, but not the warmth of this community and I send the light of this candle out into the world for all those who yearn to live in peace. And how might we cultivate peace? Peace is finding ways to communicate, to speak and to listen. Peace is being prepared to give ground sometimes. Peace means acceptance of that which is. Peace means finding gentle ways to right wrongs. Peace means respect for those who are different from us. Peace requires justice. Peace is like sweet music after harsh and discordant sounds. In the week ahead, may each of us find the meaning of peace in our own lives and share the seeds of peaceful possibilities with others we meet along the way. Amen. Go well, all of you and blessed be. Thank you.